Welcome to Hearts and Minds, this is Maura Cassidy. You've heard the saying that love is a two-way street constantly under construction, or put another way, a great relationship doesn't happen because of the love you had in the beginning, but how well you continue building love until the end. There is no doubt that the pandemic had an impact on our relationships, and some found themselves in a relationship with more challenges than before. Today in our guest podcast series, we are joined by Sally-Anne O'Brien, and among other things, Sally-Anne is involved in Retrovale, a program designed to help heal and renew marriages. She's going to talk to us about improving communication in marriage, and she will share her experience of going through the Retrovale program and how couples can work through problems they may have and build a stronger marriage as a result. She will discuss the secret of a good marriage and the importance of couples being willing to work at their marriage. Salian is a scientist living in Dublin. She is a PhD in molecular biology and she's married to her husband for 17 years. They met in Sweden and have been living in Ireland now for over 18 years. So Salian, you're very welcome and thank you for joining us on our Hearts and Minds guest podcast series. Thanks very much, Maura. Great to be here. So Salian, how did you get involved in Retrovale? So um, I attended the Retrovite program together with my husband, Torbjörn, in October 2012, when we were experiencing problems in our own marriage. Okay. Um, so Retrovite, it's a professionally developed program, but it's a, a peer support program, meaning that all the presenting couples providing the course have been through the program themselves and have once sat in the seats uh, as the participants are sitting you know, on the program so they can understand what the couples are going through. Okay, so it's very much a, a safe space in that sense. It's not theoretical, it's very real. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the presenters, you know, they're presenting their own personal experience, mm -hmm. uh, which adds richness um, and also gives, you know, practical examples um, to mm -hmm. the participating couples. And it opens up, you know, hope and trust, um, you know, that if, if they can make it, uh, then, you know, if, if those couples can make it, then you can make it in your mm -hmm. own marriage. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. really is, is really a nice aspect of the program. And listen, where did you, like, you heard about the programme um, and then you attended it. Um, and can I yeah. ask, like, you know, you talk about it with such openness. Um, for some other couples, problems in a marriage strikes them as something unusual, you know. Um, yeah. you know and, and you've talked about the fact that problems are opportunities and that they're normal. Would you, you know, tell us a little yeah. about your own experience in that, Sally-Anne? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we had never heard about Retrovide before um, and we were really fortunate to hear about it just when we needed it most. So mm -hmm. you could call it a blessing. Um, and we heard about it at a, a congress which was being hosted in Dublin in 2012 by the Catholic Church called mm -hmm. the International Eucharistic Congress. Now, I mean, we had never been to a congress like this before, really. And I remember hearing lots about this congress in the run up to it. And it was a bit of an enigma at the time, mm -hmm. you know. Know, and mm -hmm. but um though I kind of I had a gut feeling about going to it um mm -hmm. even though I really didn't know what it was and we're not the type of people who go to all of these type of religious things or you know um so we're not like you know I suppose we're just like average an, an average couple you know but mm -hmm. um we we uh, we decided to buy tickets online. I bought them at the last minute, um, even though we really weren't sure what it involved. Um, but um, I had I had been to something uh, when I was uh, you know single um, in in the year two thousand. There was a World Youth Day in Rome. 
Mm-hmm. And again, this was probably my first, it was the first time I ever attended anything like this. And um, I happened to meet some other um, young people who were going to it. And I kind of just got carried along with it. Um, mm-hmm. And they were saying, oh, they'd been to stuff like that before. So I, anyway, I attended the World Youth Day in Rome, which was the first time I ever did anything like this. Um, and that was a great experience, uh, I have to say. Um, and we met so many people like-minded people and so on so the fact that the the you know the it was the 50th international eucharistic congress was being held in dublin i just had this good feeling about going to it and um, because we knew that uh, i mean people were traveling all over the world to go to this congress and here it was on our doorstep so we just kind of bought tickets last minute um and and then you know decided to go to it and, and we signed up for there was a, a particular day which is focusing on the on marriage and the family and we signed up for that as well as as well as the weekend program mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, so your own experiences I suppose you know it might be nice just to I suppose for our listeners I'm sure you're interested yeah. to know what was your experience of marriage and what led you to take that step because it was pretty proactive you know yeah yeah exactly something. so so we went along to this you know congress um um, but uh, we we were seven years married at the time, um, okay. and it kind of it was kind of a bit of a, a coincidence of events. Um, you know, we had bought the tickets kind of a, a few months in advance. You know, it was it was a good few months in advance. Uh, even though I say it was last minute, but they actually closed, uh, the online purchasing closed. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. and um, so we were seven years married at the time, but we we ran into some major problems, I suppose, around that time in our marriage. Um, uh, we hadn't had any children at that stage, um, which we assumed we would have children. Um, and that did cause difficulties for us in our marriage. Um we had attended uh, a doctor a few, uh, a few years after uh, our being married and not having any children because we were we were open to having children um and we were told at that time um that our only option was IVF um and and we didn't want to go down that route so we kind of didn't do anything for a few years um and kind of just hoped that it would still work out in some way which which didn't um and i suppose that was kind of maybe a tension building up in our marriage which we didn't really you know talk that much about you know even within our own marriage um and it kind of led to difficulties you know we you know it was a very difficult period for us um and there were lots of things going on uh you know at the same time everyone's leading such busy lives today um we had bought our first house at the height of the economic boom which was in 2006 we bought our first house and then we had been saving up for a deposit for several years so it was you know just unfortunate that by the time we were ready to buy a house it was the height of the economic boom and then the economic crash came in 2008 um, and our house decreased in value by 50%, which was a bit Mm. of a shock. And then my husband, who's an engineer, he was put on a three-day week. And so we were worried about our, you know, our future, our financial situation. And so, you know, I tried to adapt to that, focusing a lot on my work, you know, trying to improve our financial situation by, you know, making sure I tried to work my way up the ladder. Mm. Um, so, you know, in the midst of all of that, our communication suffered and um, we we were both experiencing, you know, different emotions, but we weren't necessarily communicating those to each other um, or how we were feeling. 
Um, and so we were both, you know, just kind of going through our marriage, you know, acting on our feelings, but not understanding each other um, and what was going on inside of ourselves. You know, and, and life was busy. Uh, you know, we were both coping, you know, as best we could with everything. Um, but our communication obviously wasn't optimal and it was easy for us to have an mm. argument and to, you know, blame each other for various things. Uh, and, you know, we didn't realize it at the time, but we were obviously starting to drift apart um, and our communication became increasingly difficult. Okay. And can I ask, just listening to you there, you know, what, what happened then when you went to the to hear Retrova? You know, was it just a game changer for you? Because... Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we almost didn't make it on that day um, uh, to go and and listen to the Retrovide presentation. Um, We had an argument that morning um, and we were not in good form with each other. Um, But thankfully, we did attend. um, Mm -hmm. And I can positively say that that day changed the course um, of our lives for the better. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, you know, what I would like to say is, you know, that there is hope for marriages. Um, you know, mm. when we're in a difficult place, sometimes we can we can lose hope. But, you know, lots of couples have challenges and mm. it is normal, you know. Um, and the difference is how we deal with those challenges. What we, mm. you know, what do we, um, you know, do we have the relationship skills required um, uh, and and choosing to get help if we need it? Um, I mean, we, um, we recognize, you know, we need to recognize the issues, um, first Mm -hmm. and then act on them as -hmm. early as possible as things will be unlikely to resolve themselves, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. as we experienced ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it really was that, you know, hear, hearing those other couples, you know, presenting um, at the Congress really was a game changer for us. Um, and it was just what we needed at the time. So mm-hmm. we heard these three couples, you know, speaking um, about difficulties in their own marriages and how Retrovi had helped them to rediscover each other um, and to provide the tools for a loving and happy marriage. And I mean, I was so relieved uh, when when my husband said at the end of the presentation, I suppose we'll be going to that then, um, which is about as much enthusiasm as he could muster up at the time. But <laughs> And uh, he doesn't even really remember it that way, but I remember that so well. Um, but that was in the June um, uh, that we heard about this. And the next Retrovite program is in October. Okay, so that was, yeah, it was it was a long time to wait Um and we were we were both feeling pretty miserable in our marriage at that time. Um, and thankfully, um, we had the assistance of an older couple who is uh, was Peter and Fina uh, Parham, who have since passed away. But they had they were a fantastic couple, and they've helped many many couples. We later found out. Um, and so we we met with them in the intervening period once a week, and they provided guidance to us um, to you know, which really helped actually keep us going um, mm. and keep us on track. Uh, mm. And we learned a lot in that time as well. So I suppose f- help can come in all, you know, shapes and sizes and different forms. And even, you know, I, um, uh, my, my, my husband's um, uh, sister and her husband who live in Sweden, um, they also got some mentoring and help from an older couple 
mm-hmm. as well Which to help really them nice. through a difficult patch. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I suppose help can come in, in all in all you know shapes and sizes. But I suppose the fact that you guys actually went looking obviously was the first step. You know, oftentimes you don't know until yeah, you actually yeah. do it yourselves. Can I ask him? Um, you know, listening to you there, Salian, that um, you know, clearly you guys took the first step and went looking. Um, you talked a lot there about communication and effective communication. And is it, a, given that Irish people tend to talk quite a bit, do we sometimes confuse talking with actual real communication? Or what's your yeah, experience of that? Exactly. Yeah, because I, you know, sometimes you know, after you know, talking to different couples, and you know, we we're we're you know, participants in the in the program, so we give some talks, um. And, you know, you talk about effective communication and, and, you know, we, you know, we get the feedback that, oh, yeah, well, we're, we talk all the time. And it's like, mm. but, you know, talking is not the same as effective communication. Um, and so, um, talking can often be at a surface level or at the mm. level where we're comfortable talking at. Um, and, and often with our lives being so busy, it's at a practical level, um, you know, arranging different things, um, that's going on in our lives, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're communicating effectively at a deeper level about our thoughts and feelings. Um, and sharing who we are deep down inside with our spouse. I mean, We've heard that actually, you know, some marriages never reach that level of openness, which mm. is is a shame, you know. Um, um, and, you know, when we were experiencing difficulties in our marriage, um, you know, communication was the first thing to go. And what I later learned about, I, you know, really didn't realize it at the time is, but it was, it's kind of well known, uh, now for people in the know as such, but not for, not necessarily for Joe Soap is that, you know, when communication breaks down or is, you know, the, a protective wall goes up between us. Mm-hmm. And we become more emotionally distant from each other. Uh, and it's a self-protective mechanism. Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and when that happens, you know, we start to harbor hurts and resentments towards each other, um, about different things. And we may not even know that our husband is what or wife is feeling this way. And we may not know how to bring up difficult topics without mm. having an argument. And so we, we start to avoid certain topics um, and our marriage can become, you know, less open with each other. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's funny because, um, you know, uh, a, a couple of years later, after we'd been to Retrovi and so on, this um, small book came out from Pope Francis. I mean, technically, it's called an apostolic exhortation, but that can be a bit of a <laughs> it can be a bit of a barrier <laughs> to people. And yeah. um, you know, I you know often hear about these documents, and I was like, oh, I couldn't read those. You know, I'm not I'm not at that level type of thing. You know, but this is essentially a small book from Pope Francis, and it's called um, the Joy of Love, or the Latin name is Amoris Laetitia. And it's on love and the family. And it talks about, it talks about these things that I, that I'm just talking about now, which is, which I really found to be, you know, quite amazing that was in this book. So, I mean, I am, um, one of the things it says in the book is that, um, when we're faced with a crisis, we tend to first react defensively. Um, since we feel that we're losing control or somehow at fault. And this makes us feel uneasy. 
Mm. And then we resort to denying the problem, hiding or downplaying it uh, and hoping it will go away, which is so true. Mm. Um, and uh, then the book goes on to say that it, it doesn't help. This doesn't help, you know, this type of approach. And it only makes things worse. It wastes energy and it delays a solution. And mm. couples grow apart and lose their ability to communicate. And when problems are not dealt with, communication is the first thing to go. And little by little, the person I love slowly becomes my mate, then just the father or mother of my children, and finally a stranger. Mm. So, you know, this little book written by Pope Francis, it called Amoris Letizia, The Joy of Love on Love and the Family, is spot on about so many things. Um, and the book shows, you know, that Pope Francis, his own huge personal experience of helping couples. Mm. I mean, we found it really helpful to read it and we were amazed about how spot on it was and how much richness was in it. Um, and very and accessible, you know. Very you accessible. Yeah. It, it, it's a small little book, really. You know, mm. people read these massive books. <laughs> you know, this is a small little book and it was. it's really encouraging and enlightening book. And um, I mean, we identified with so much of what it said Um mm. And, you know, it's also comforting that we don't have to figure all these things out for ourselves. Mm. You know, we can benefit from other people's knowledge, you know, this this collective knowledge that's been built mm. up over time. Um, and there's really a lot of helpful guidance in that in that small book. So I would encourage everyone to read it um, and act on it. And mm. there are many chapters that deal with different aspects of married life and a family life. So mm. there's something in there for everyone as well as... Um, just the challenges, uh, as you say. It's the joy. Yeah, the it, joy in all love, aspects. So. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. aspects of married yeah. life. So even if, you know, maybe what I'm talking about today, you're like, oh, I don't really need that. If, you know, we all come from a family. So um, it talks about all phases of life, mm. you know, um, and all aspects of married life. So I must say, it, I think it's a, it's, it's a fantastic little book um, and is, is super rich in, in lots, of, lots of good advice in there. Mm. I don't know, it was, it's my lack of, um, um, say, experience, uh, well, say knowledge, but I was always struck by Pope Francis and in any of his conversations about couples and married life. He talks about things like having a row and making up. Um, and it's very refreshing to hear that being spoken by the head of the church in, in that yeah, sense. You know, he's it's so, amazing. So real. Yeah. yeah. Can I, I mean, ask him? Pope Francis just, is just, just so, so popular as well. So I think people kind of naturally warmed him as well, which, which you know, makes it easier. Yeah, than these big, more challenging topics. Um, did you, like, you know, maybe somebody listening might be thinking, oh, this sounds like an awful lot of hard work, you know, and obviously it's worth it, clearly. Um, but I'm sure through it, and maybe you could talk to this, um, Salian, did you learn a lot about yourself? Like, it's a, any sort of conflict to say, or crisis, you know, is a point of growth. And we can't go through life without them, otherwise we stay at a, you know, we, we plateau. Uh, did you learn more about yourself and your husband personally in your marriage Absolutely, by working yeah, on these things? we definitely did. I mean, um, we, we learned so much about ourselves. I mean, Retrovi really enabled us in our marriage to open up our communication, um, which is a very important first step. But we learned so much about ourselves and each other um, mm. that I think we probably never would have reached that level. I probably wouldn't have <laughs> had so much insight into myself and in uh, and my husband and into my husband like really I learned so much so many things about him that um it really you know I can understand him so much better now than before mm. and I, I you know I, and you know someone said in the past you know that you, you can't 
you know, you can't run away from problems. You know, they kind of they will they will follow you. You know, if we don't deal with it. So, and I, I think uh, our marriage. You know, my marriage was like you know the most important thing really in my life and it was really worth I, I couldn't imagine really of walking away from it but sometimes people feel very hurt in their marriage and they feel like oh I just can't go through that but um I really would encourage people to to stick with it because um it really it's definitely worth it I mean we learned we learned about things like family of origin influences values personality types intimacy conflict management and emotional needs and how mm. you know emotional needs drive our behaviors um and 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 that affects um the effects that they get it can have on our marriage mm. so um uh, that was a big thing for us i it was saying learning about um, emotional needs so if we're not aware of our own emotional needs they 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 can drive our behaviors without us realizing it and if we are aware of our emotional needs and talk to our spouse about them, we can we can help to meet each other's needs and have a more fulfilling marriage. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, that was that sense. was really a big step for us. Um, and you know, um, in, in a way, like there 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 are various things. Yeah, you know that we learned. We, for example, we took. Um, an emotional needs questionnaire as well, um, which we found to be really helpful as well. And, um, you know, that can be made available. That'll be available on the podcast as well. Mm, um, yeah. Brilliant. Can I ask um, another question, Sarianne? Is uh, I don't know if you've come across this or whether this is a common misconception, um, but I have heard couples talk about it, is the fact that sometimes we might say, well, I'm not happy because he or she doesn't meet my needs. Yeah, Um, Yeah. that's really, really common, really common. And and I've heard the flip side of that only very recently in another talk somebody gave about relationships that um, it's not, it's not, it's your job to make yourself lovable, which I thought was really interesting. I'd never heard it put so bluntly. So I just, you know, what are your thoughts on that, (laughs) Sarianne? That sounds like tough love, all right. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, I'm. I tend to be a bit more on the softer side, I suppose. Okay. Um, but you know, coming through these things. But I think um, it 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 isn't uncommon to to you know if we feel like our needs aren't being met, you know, we 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 sometimes you know project that on the other person. But it's it's really I think it's an underlying frustration. Really, mm. is what's being expressed. Um, and so, and a, a couple, they may expect their spouse to meet all of their emotional needs, which, you know, is, is unreasonable. Um, but we may not realize we're being unreasonable sometimes, you know. So, um, you know, our, our expectations of our spouse can become demanding, um, or manipulative. And, and they, it can result in anger or frustration and disappointment when our needs are not being met. So it's, it's a lot about, you know, uh, knowing if we if we're if we're more self-aware about ourselves and um and having our needs met then that can really help our marriage so to fulfill our needs you know we need more than our spouse uh, and so that's where the input of our, our extended families friends colleagues and other people um that we meet can fulfill part of our needs and enable us to have a more healthy relationship mm, that makes a lot of sense 
Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like one of the warning signs in a marriage is, you know, um, if if we're feeling, for example, um, that we we have a general lack of joy in our relationship or that our our spouse is not fulfilling our needs, um, then, you know, it is it is a sign that we probably maybe need some, you know, a little bit of guidance in our marriage or a little bit additional input. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, you know, as we know, this what can happen is couples end up being married, but married singles, which is what you talked about at the beginning, you know, when the communication um, becomes weak, yeah, then obviously yeah. Di- you know, people separate, you know, they become distant, even living in the same house, obviously. Exactly, um, yeah. And yeah, so I mean, that is another one of the warning signs is, is is what's known as kind of living this married singles lifestyle, which is not uncommon. And especially now that we're, we're tending to marry later in life, Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, like, if we're ma- people are marrying in their kind of late twenties, early thirties, they've already built up a life for themselves. They got their own network of friends. They got their, you know, they've got so much going on, and um, that that can be um, also difficult to maybe integrate into into our married life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is important, you know, that we don't continue to live kind of this married singles lifestyle, you know. So, I mean, what I mean, you know, is, you know, rather spending or or it can also evolve. So you may not start start out like that, but it can also evolve that we we grow apart rather than growing together where we prefer to spend um, time with others rather than with our spouse um, or engaging in a lot of activities that don't involve our spouse. Mm. So, you know, today, it, you know, life is so busy and um, it, we might start getting involved in lots of different things, but it is important that we prioritise um, quality time together as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Super. Okay. Um, yeah. Salian, just the next um, question is, I suppose, you know, as you're talking there, I'm just thinking, what would you say to any of our listeners who maybe feel anxious about their, you know, their, their marriage relationship? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think sometimes, you know, we need help in various aspects of our lives. You know, so when we look at other aspects of our lives from diet or exercise, you know, we're, we're, we're often you know, um, happy to seek, you know, advice on, 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 on other aspects of our lives, you know, for example, like stress management or emotional well-being or bereavement support. So, I mean, marriage is no different and it's, you know, it's not unusual to need some help in our marriage. So I would say now more than ever, marriage needs support as there is less societal support for marriage and it's becoming more common for marriages to break up. Um, I mean, we have heard from many couples and we experienced it ourselves that, you know, not that many people will actually continue to encourage us to stick with our marriage and to continue to work on our marriage, um, which is really important to continue to hear, especially during, you know, the sensitive phase during our marriage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also, you know, to keep in mind, uh, you know, we uh, we got advice. Uh, when we were on retrovi, I thought it was really, really helpful, and it's something that I've never forgotten. Is that there? You know, there may be various reasons why other people in our lives don't encourage us to continue to work in our marriage, but they may not be good reasons, um, and it can depend on where other people are at. Mm. In, you know, in their lives. So if they, you know, 
if they kind of, let's say, give in to the worst version of ourselves and say, oh, listen, you deserve better and, you know, you deserve to be happy and you don't have to put up with that and, you know, all of these things, you know, maybe people think they're being helpful, but sometimes that advice is not helpful um, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, it, sometimes it can actually make people feel better about themselves, you know, if we're... if if our own marriage doesn't succeed, which is kind of terrible to say, but they may not actually realize, you know, it could be a subconscious behavior in their part, mm-hmm. depending on where they're at with their own lives, you know, that they may not give the, they may not give good advice, which is what you need during that sensitive time. Mm-hmm. So I would just say, you know, you know, take advice with caution, especially if it can have a negative impact on mm. on our lives or on our marriage. And, you know, it, keep in mind where that person might be at in their own marriage or in their own life. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. that's just a word of caution there. Um, um, because, you know, I was just going to say, sorry, more that, um, you yeah. know, couples, they can feel isolated, uh, you know, during the during any time of difficulties in their marriage. And, and feel like embarrassed or, or feel ashamed uh, at the thoughts of needing help in their marriage. Um, uh, but there is really no need to feel ashamed. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, if we don't deal with the issues and seek support, we can come out on the other side. You know, if we do seek support, we can come out on the other side and have a thriving marriage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I suppose in your own situation, you know, you had that experience yourself, you yeah. know, feeling, you know, I'm the reason why this marriage isn't working and I know from other couples that the feeling of shame as oh, opposed yeah. to, you know, it's, it's a very vulnerable space to actually admit there's a problem um, yeah. and then actually get some help. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you always think it's going to happen to other people, you know, and um, I think that's probably, you know, I think that's probably the major hurdle is probably... Um, you know, our own self sense of discomfort with, you know, facing up to um, any difficulties we might be having in our marriage, you know. I mean, I felt I felt so ashamed um, when we needed to get help after only seven years of marriage. I was like, oh, my God, we're only seven years married and we need help. You know, mm. I thought this happens to other people after 20 years or something, you know. So but um and and I actually didn't even recognize it at the time that we that we needed help until a friend suggested it and then mm-hmm. I realized like the penny dropped and I was like oh god they're right you know um and I I felt like you know I, I felt like a failure um and it was like that quintessential seven year itch um <laughs> and, and I didn't want anyone to know uh and and for a long time I didn't want anyone to know that we were getting help in our marriage or that we got help in our marriage or that we had any pro- problems in our marriage but now I don't feel ashamed anymore. Um, and I realize that it's normal to have some difficulties at some stage in your marriage and that, um, and that most marriages have some form of crisis or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find no that, perfect. yeah, I, I find that actually really comforting because it's like, okay, so it's not just me. It's not just us. Um, you know, this is normal. So, you know, I can kind of take a bit mm. of a breather. And yeah, um, you know, it was another friend who, who had gone through a lot of difficulties in her own marriage who said that. So that was actually really, really helpful to hear. Mm. Um, and, and then, you know, to know that we, we can improve things, um, and have a happy and fulfilled marriage, um, 
where we can feel connected and feel loved and grow together rather than growing apart. Mm. Um, but we also uh, need to continuously to work on it. You know, mm. it doesn't just happen. And I think, um, you know, it's funny, you hear that all the time or you need to work in your marriage. But I think probably a lot of the time we don't really know how to work on our marriage or what we need to do. And we we kind of do expect it to just work. Um, so it's a bit of a, a mind shift as well um, to go, OK, you know, I don't expect everything else to just work. Um, mm. Like we heard um also another couple giving an example and it was um, the husband in the marriage saying, you know, if I put as much effort into my work as I did into my marriage, I'd have been fired a long time ago. So wow. we, we kind of expect things to automatically work. And I have to say, I expected things to automatically work. Um, mm. I, I didn't expect that I was going to have to put in you know, the effort that <laughs> that we put in. But in a way, it was it was really an investment. And we have um, we've just benefited so much from that. And of course, it's never over. It's continuous development. But, mm. um, you know, um, you can definitely get the bulk of it done um, in one go if you mm. if you put in a bit of effort. Listening to you there, Sally Ann, I suppose, you know, we all get so much CPD in our workplace and we take it for granted, yeah. you know, Um It'd be wonderful if, you know, this support, not just support, but just common sense and mentoring was yeah. part of the public conversation as opposed to, I get the sense sometimes it's more of a taboo, oh, you need help, as opposed to yeah. we all need help, you know, and we, we understand that in so many other areas, but unfortunately in the most, one of the most important relationships, it's, um, it's, it's not, um, it's not yet part of the public conversation. So maybe this podcast might help it. Can I ask, I hope um, so, yeah. can I ask, um, you know, I, you know, we talked about problems and problems. Another way of talking about a problem is an opportunity. Um, I would presume listening to you that after, you know, facing into, you know, a normal sort of problems and challenges, you know, that there was, uh, you know, an even better marriage at the end. And that's something people can look forward to. Absolutely. Yeah, um, it, it, it definitely is. I mean, I didn't believe it at the time, but when, when we were doing the Retrovite program and, and, and they said, Oh, you know, after this, you know, you'll have a better marriage than before. And, uh, I, I said, you know, it, it, I never didn't say it out loud, obviously, but in, <laughs> in my head and in my heart, I was like, oh, no, it'll never be the same. You know, um, we obviously both had, had, were feeling hurt about different things and I really didn't believe it, but I thought, well, you know, this is the best opportunity that I have. So I'm going to go with it and I'm going to put a hundred percent into it. But I never, I didn't really believe at the time that, that, um, that things would be better. Um, mm. because, you know, when you first fall in love and everything's wonderful and, you know, you have obviously, you know, you 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 you're still married to um the man that you first married you know on on your wedding day and things are wonderful and then you know if things <laughs> go a bit off course um that's a bit of a that can be a bit of a shock um so I, I didn't believe that things would be better, but they absolutely are. I mean, we have learned so much. Um, we've learned so much uh, about ourselves, about each other and about how to handle things in our marriage. Mm -hmm. um, it, things are definitely better. I think if we hadn't, if we hadn't put it, you know, if we hadn't learned those things, we would just be acting off, you know, our instincts a bit more. Um, so I can honestly say um, 
you know, things are, are we, we, we've learned so much. We, I think mm. definitely better, definitely better. So that's definitely the gold pot at the, you know, at the end at of the, the end rainbow. Of yeah. And I suppose even just that thing of there's, you know, there's depth in your love because, you know, and that's what people ultimately look for. But the only way to go deep is literally by going deep and yeah. facing things. And, it's, um, you know, it, it's vulnerable communication, mm, you know, mm. um, and, Obviously, it, it, you know, it, it's implied in the word like being vulnerable. We're not comfortable being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So it, it is, I, I find it really helpful to kind of almost learn how to be vulnerable. You <laughs> kind of do it in a stepwise fashion. You're not just going to dive right in there and have your have yourself, you know, split wide open. And it's funny to think because you, you you don't necessarily realize that you you think you've maybe opened yourself up, but... Um, you know, we have since learned that it's it's not unusual for married couples to never really fully open themselves up to each mm. other in it, you know, to as a form of self-preservation. So if nothing else, this helps people to open up. Um, can I ask, you know, along the line, I suppose when we think about love, you know, you talked about, you know, when you get married initially, which of course is love. Um, but there is a sense of, you know, the initial year or two and then of course um love which is which goes deeper um do you think there's a confusion about what love is and that often leads to false expectations or to a sense that marriage is something that should work and if it doesn't you know what it wasn't meant for you or this person wasn't meant for you yeah absolutely i think love is used a lot today and i i just can't help get the feeling that um People don't really understand what love is. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I was right up there with it as well. Like uh, people uh, anyway used to say before, oh, love is, you know, uh, about being a feeling. And it's like, well, of course, love is a feeling. But it's I suppose the point is it's not just a feeling. So, um, I mean, people say, you know, or you can hear people say today when, you know, I don't love you anymore. Um, but I mean, do they really know what love is? Um, and that, you know, that love is actually, we learned that love is, is a verb. It's an action word. Um, you know, the feeling of love often comes from the action of loving. Um, and, you know, it's in giving that we receive, as they say. So mm. we can decide to love even when we don't feel like loving. Um, which is, you know, it's a new way of looking at things. Um, uh, and so this can, it can take a while for us to get our head around, um, as many of us are used to just acting on our feelings rather than acting consciously, uh, you know, making a decision on how we behave rather than on how we feel like behaving. So that was really something important that we learned, um, mm. which is also important. You know, it's important in our married lives and, and especially during a period of difficulty as to how we behave, how we choose to behave, you know, as we work through things. Um, but it, it also brings a new way of behaving into our marriage. And, you know, we can behave in a more constructive way that builds up our marriage um, and that empowers us to feel better in our marriage. Um, mm-hmm. And the action of love, you know, has ripple effects on our spouse and on our children. So if we act with love, you know, that has ripple effects in our family and in our wider family as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is sad, you know, it's a, it's, it's sad that, that many couples, uh, you know, struggling or are struggling on their own. Um, and they, you know, they don't necessarily, uh, 
understand these things and, and may not survive their difficulties. Um, and, you know, hearing about couples breaking up, um, you know, it is a real tragedy. So, um, we think, um, you know, there's, there's, there is lots of help out there and, um, you know, you know, when marriages break up, you know, it it not only involves the couples themselves, but it obviously involves their children and the extended family. You know, grandparents, aunties, uncles, nieces and nephews are all broken up, um, which is very sad. And so, you know, if people had the tools um, and the skills to improve communication in their marriage, they could work through their differences and, and you know, build up their marriage instead of allowing things to break down. Mm-hmm. Have you, sally had the experience of couples who've broken up and maybe have been advised to break up coming back together through the support? And yeah, uh, yeah, we have, we have heard that, you know, from couples coming to Retrovi, um, that they, they actually, you know, came to Retrovi often. <laughs> Retrovi is, is, is seen by people who, you know, have let problems go on for a long time. Um, and we would advise couples to come earlier um, or to do whatever form of help earlier. Um, but yes, we we have had couples um, coming to Retrovi who have been advised to split up by um, a marriage counsellor. And obviously, a fair juice to them, they didn't want to split up, so they continued to, to seek for help, but that wasn't the solution that maybe suited them. Um, and we've even heard priests um, who have come on the programme, we um, because... Um, um, a priest also participates on the program um, and offers kind of some pastoral help on the program. And also they they share their own life experience, and their own experience of growing up in a family. So you see the priest as a person as well mm-hmm. and not just a priest. But we've even had priests come on the program who said, wow, like, they have heard couples sharing um these are the presenting couples um you know uh, who are who have volunteered on the program when they have heard their stories they said wow they would have considered those couples to you know really have been you know beyond repair really um and are and we're just blown away by what retrovi has done for them so mm-hmm. um you know, I think it's probably it's probably a societal issue today is that we are and it's probably creeping into all of us is that we're, you know, losing our faith in um, in the possibility of a lifelong marriage um, or in recovery, even when things can be very difficult. Um, and so, um, you know, we we definitely encourage couples to stick with it and and to learn you know there's so many skills that they can learn um because you know we all you know we 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 want our marriage to survive and the human spirit you know if we have chosen to marry you know um then we want that to be a lifelong marriage. That's what we went into marriage for. And we all want a soulmate. You know, we want our, our husband or wife to be our soulmate. You know, someone who will, who we will love and they will love us in return and that we want the best for each other. Um, and also from a Catholic perspective, you know, that someone who will accompany us in our lives and help each other on our journey back to God as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we, we, you know, there is there is definitely hope. Uh, we're, we always say that couples are, are are really never beyond hope um, for for the vast majority. Super, Salian, that's been fascinating, um, very very interesting, and I think a lot of our listeners are going to really enjoy um, and find it very thought provoking um, and inspirational. What you've said to us um, today. Um, 
And I just to say a personal just comment. I think you're, you know, it's 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 lovely just to see your generosity and that of your husband to volunteer in the program and and step into that vulnerable space again and again. Because obviously, I'm sure just even listening to it, it just gives courage um, to others to to do the same. And um, you know, it's. Um, it's it's yeah. it's impressive. So, long may you continue. Um, yeah. Just to, just to add, I suppose to our listeners listening in, that um, we'll obviously be putting up some great um, resources up on after the podcast. You'll find them in the resource section of the podcasts on the website and on the various Spotify, etc. And um, there'll be useful websites and things like that. Um, few key takeaways as well for those of you who, who likes the summarized version and um, five six things will tell you the key to a, or the secret of a good marriage so you can go and have a look at those um, if you haven't had a chance to to listen to them here on the podcast so Sally-Anne just to say thank you again for joining us and um, thank you to our listeners and uh, we look forward to to being with you again and in the meantime please keep sending in your comments suggestions queries as always um, because they really do help the content of our program and keep the conversation going.